Hello everyone, you are very welcome back to Wedding Tip Wednesday. This week I am answering the questions you have sent to me, so thank you so much for that. There are lots of really interesting topics about the day itself, the lead up to it, beauty questions and so much more. I hope you enjoy. So guys, this podcast is brought to you by Clarence and Clarence is actually the number one luxury skincare brand in Europe. They're a French family brand who are dedicated to beauty and they're experts in skincare and makeup. This is a story of a pioneering brand born in Paris in 1954 with a mission to make life more beautiful and pass on a more beautiful planet. Their products are inspired by the science of nature using over 250 natural plant extracts each sourced with the utmost care for the environment to protect our planet's biodiversity. Guys, I literally use Clarence products all of the time to live beautifully for myself and for my brides, so I'm delighted to have them on board. Clarence have kindly given us a competition prize to give away at the end of all of my podcasts. It's my very favourite double serum and double serum eye. You just have to listen to the end of the episode to find out how to win. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. And firstly, can I just say thank you so much for sending me in all of your amazing questions. I'm really looking forward to answering them today. Um, So, yeah, so I'm going to get started. Uh, I've had lots of questions in overnight and I'm going to answer the first 10 now. Okay, how to avoid pre-wedding day bloat. Okay, how to avoid pre-wedding day bloat. (laughs) Don't eat things that bloat you. Like, do you ever sort of look at yourself in the mirror after eating pasta or bread or drinking beer and sort of feel that your tummy is a bit bloated looking? Well, ordinarily, if that happens, avoid those foods that make you feel full and bloated, um, certainly before your wedding day. I'd say even like a week coming up to it. Um, eating is very important. We talk about this all the time, how I never have breakfast. <laughs> breakfast is probably the one of the most important meals of the day and I and I am desperate at eating breakfast. But eat the things that um, are sort of good for you, you know, like protein is a big, big, big thing. Um, and yeah, so just avoid the things that make your tummy swell. Um, Jenny, Ways to stop tan transfer onto the wedding dress from your underarms. Now, I've been asked this before um, and I'm going to answer it again, just in case you haven't heard it. Um, look, if you've gone off and you've gotten a spray tan, uh, you know, for your wedding day, I would have recommended anyhow that you got a spray tan you know, three months ago and trialed a few different spray tans because they're all very, very different. Uh, personally, I love uh, the tan called Hishi. I think it's very natural. It goes on lovely and it washes off really nicely as well. And I always go for like a medium one. Um, so I would always say definitely, definitely do um, a couple of trials with different tans and wear a white T-shirt after you've washed the tan off because obviously your dress is going to be white or off-white or a bright colour and see if it comes off on the T-shirt. And if it does, you know, it's going to come off on your wedding dress. And I also would say to you that on your wedding day, you're going to be very warm and you'll probably sweat a little bit more because you're full of anxiety and anticipation over um, getting married. 
And obviously you're going to sweat under your arms and that's going to make the tan um, run a little bit more. So just be very, very careful about a spray tan. Um, and if you found one that you love, make sure you wear the white T-shirt and see if it comes off. Uh, one of the things I would recommend on a wedding morning is get up, have a shower and put talcum powder, talcum powder under your arms. Um, and that's a really good way of making sure that the tan doesn't come off on your dress because it is a bit of a nightmare. I have seen it. I was actually doing a wedding at the weekend and I with the dress was actually hanging up in the, in the bedroom and I could see a little bit of tan underneath the arms. And I just thought, oh, no, it was fine on the day because the bride's arms were down. But yeah, it sort of obviously came off in the trial as well. So just be careful. Put talcum powder under your arms and that generally does solve the problem provided that it's not one of those tans that just kind of comes off very, very easily. Okay. Weddings abroad, yes or no? Okay. I love shooting weddings abroad. I do a couple every year. I can only take on a couple every year because I have to give up a few days. Uh, so the day before the wedding, the day of the wedding and the day after the wedding, just for traveling those two days. And I, I love doing them. Um, Oh, I have so much to say about weddings abroad and I am going to have somebody called Yvonne Marsh, the makeup artist, she's coming in in a few weeks to talk to me because she does weddings abroad and she's lots of things to say about it. But from my point of view, weddings abroad are amazing. Everybody loves going away. It's a little holiday for them. Uh, from the bride and groom's point of view, uh, just there are a few things to bear in mind and photography is one of them. I was only speaking to a makeup artist recently. She did my uh, makeup for the Style Awards, the VIP Style Awards, and she was telling me she got married away. I think it was Portugal she got married in. And she was so focused on all of the detail um, for the wedding, the dresses, the shoes, and all the bits and pieces that went with it for the girls. And she said she put so much time and energy into how everybody was going to look that there were loads of things that were overlooked on the day. And one of the things was her wedding photography. She said, while the photographs of her and her husband are stunning and beautiful and she's got 55 million of them, there wasn't a photograph of her and her mother. Now, that's not OK. And I would find that when I go away and if there are videographers there and they are not Irish, um, we kind of have a little bit of conflict because they do things very, very differently. And they like to take the couple back out when the sun is setting, <clears throat> pardon me, which is fine. And I do like to do that as well in Ireland. But they put a lot of the emphasis on photographs at that hour of the evening. And we're Irish and we want to have an Irish wedding away. So for, in order for it to work, there are a few things to bear in mind. Your photography is so important. Um, and an awful lot of the photographers who would be in Portugal or Spain or who sort of live there and that's what they do for a living, do it their way. Um, and they don't focus on family photographs too much or bridal party. It's mainly on the couple. So just be really, really careful about your photographs and what you want. And my opinion is take somebody with you. Take an Irish photographer with you or somebody that you can communicate with um, and let them know what you want on your wedding day, because it's very hard sometimes to communicate with somebody who doesn't speak English. So she had no photographs of her and her mom, which is not OK. Um, somebody had taken a video of her, you know, the mom putting the dress on in the morning. That's all she had. And that, that's that's heartbreaking. 
Um, so, and another couple of things to, 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 to bear in mind would be timings on the day uh, and making sure the day is going the way you want it to go. Because when you go away, you will have a wedding planner and they will sort of plan the wedding around how they do things in Portugal or Spain or Malta or wherever. Um, but there are also things that you might want. So make sure the communication is open and that you're getting everything that you want uh, to happen on your wedding day. So they're amazing. I love going off and shooting them. The light is stunning. Um, you know, they they really are amazing, but you just want to make sure that you're having the wedding that you want. Okay. And we will talk about weddings abroad in a couple of weeks time in much more detail. Jenny, our venue doesn't facilitate drinks receptions outside. I'm worried it will be an issue during hot weather. Okay. Why? Why doesn't it facilitate drinks reception outside? So I've often um, photographed weddings where, you you know, you'll have a, I did one the other day actually as well, uh, where you have, uh, you know, a, a hotel that just has a car park <laughs> and there isn't anything outside. So you can't have your drinks reception outside. So we actually had to go to a different location and we were at the church and there was beautiful scenery outside and we'd water across the way and across the road like a harbour, which was fabulous. Um, and we had a lovely area around the church to do family photos. So we had all our photographs done before we went back to the hotel. Um, now they did have like, um, they had an area outside where people could sit outside, uh, out the back of the hotel, but there was no other area. Um, so it might be a case where your hotel doesn't have an area to have a drinks reception outside. And if that's the case, that's the way they operate. And I'm sure your drinks reception is going to be fabulous inside. So have you booked the right venue? Do you know, did you think about this before you booked that you might like to have your drinks reception outside? Because if you're booking a summer wedding, you know, you're you're, you're wanting the weather, do you know? Um, and you may want uh, to, to be sitting outside in the sunshine with your guests. So for everybody else who's listening to this and they haven't booked their venue, that's something that you do really need to think about Um you know, about your wedding venue. So I'd like to know a bit more of that to be able to answer it properly. But if it doesn't facilitate a drinks reception outside, it, it may be possible that they just don't have the area for it. Um, and please don't be worried about it being an issue during hot weather because I am sure they have amazing air conditioning and everyone's going to have an amazing day anyhow. I hope that answered your question in a roundabout way. I'd love to know a bit more about it though. Um, wedding venues that would accommodate a buffet style and then food trucks for evening grub. So this is a bit of a, yeah, like an awful lot of wedding venues won't accommodate food trucks in the evening for grub because there's like lots of different reasons for that. They want you to eat their food. They don't want anybody else coming in and serving food outside. I have been to venues where I have seen um, pizza vans coming in in the evening. I did a, a wedding in Adair Manor a few years ago and it was amazing. <laughs> it was a footballer's wedding, so there was no expense spared. But it was incredible actually later on. And it was in Adair Manor and they, they allowed it uh, where they had... Um, these sort of oven baked pizza vans and there was another van there doing some other type of food and it was it was really cool and it really worked. But a lot of the venues don't allow that. Um, 
So just make sure that you talk to the venue and ask them, will they allow it? Um, do venues accommodate a buffet style? Yeah. Like I would say discuss with your venue what you want to have. Like what type of food do you want to have and what sort of vibe you want on the wedding day? Like I did a wedding last year and it was total buffet style and it was gorgeous. It was almost and it was so casual. Um you know, an awful lot of, of the weddings that I do, most of them, actually, it's a sit down meal and the format is 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 very similar at every wedding. But this was lovely. Um, and it was it, it, it was just like, like I said, buffet style and it was salads and um, and they had a pig on a spit, which is really cool. I got gorgeous photos of that. So, um, yeah, discuss it with your venue. Look, everything can be discussed with your venues, but a lot of venues will have rules in place and they will tell you from the off, like, that's not something we do. And if that's something that you want to happen and they don't do, well, then that's not the venue for you. So um, I would definitely go and check it out with your venue first. Can you suggest ways of, I mean, like this question, can you suggest ways of honouring and remembering my father who passed away? Oh, yes, I can. Because when I got married, uh, when I got married, when we got married, <laughs> um, my dad um, had passed away. And, you know, my father passed away the day before my 17th birthday, which was really tough. He, he passed away when we were all quite young. He never got to walk any of us up the aisle. It was really tough, actually. So when we were, when I was getting married, then I just really felt the loss that my dad wasn't there, um, and I missed him terribly. Actually, coming up to to the wedding day itself, because I just thought, God, he's missing out on all of this, and this is all so exciting, and he absolutely should be here enjoying this. And I want to remember him on the wedding day, and how am I going to do that? So I wanted to light a candle for him during the ceremony, but I didn't want <laughs> I didn't want the candle being lit while I was in the room because I knew I'd fall apart. So what I did was we got my brother just before I walked into the room. Martin and I got uh, married in Killashee Hotel in in Nace. And we got married in the hotel. There's this beautiful room down there. And my brother, the ceremony was just about to begin. And the celebrant announced that my brother was going to light a candle for my late dad. And he did. And I could kind of, I was trying not to listen to the violin playing while he was doing that. But I knew that it was been lit. So that, and I wanted the candle lit as I was walking up the aisle, because I nearly felt that he was there, you know. Anyways, that's what I did. And then what I wanted to happen then with that candle was I wanted that candle to be taken out of the ceremony. Um, and I wanted to put at our top table so that when we were sitting for our meal, I felt he was there as well. Oh, God, I'm getting emotional again talking about this. But that's kind of that's one way that you can um, remember your dad. Another way of remembering your dad is maybe to and I see this a lot, you know, where you have like a little, um, it's almost like a little brooch, like a little, uh, God, I don't even know how to describe it, like a little picture that you put onto your wedding bouquet. And I pin them on all the time for my brides. A lot of the time it's grandparents in the little photo, but every now and again, it's a mum or a dad. Um, and you pin it, pin it onto the bouquet so that when you're holding your bouquet, you're actually holding your dad in your hand. And that's really nice. Um, I'm sorry to hear you lost your dad. It's not great um, when you're getting married. You do miss them an awful lot. Um, next question. When do the bridal party and parents, etc., typically go get their luggage and check in? Oh, amazing question. Yeah. So all of my couples who will listen to this will go, oh yeah, Jenny's going to answer this one because this is something I talk about all the time. I always suggest to my couples that, you know, 
when we get back to the wedding venue, uh, that we tell the mums, the dads, the siblings, the bridal party and all of those people, all those essential people who are going to be in those photographs um, make themselves available immediately uh, when we arrive back because that's when I want to do photos. I want to get the photos over and done with, not, not in a negative way, in an efficient way. Um, and once we have everybody there, we can get the photographs done and then they can check in. So I would suggest that family members and bridal parties come to the wedding venue, leave the luggage in the car until after the photographs have been taken and then check in once you, once the photographer is finished with you because then the day is yours and you can go off and do what you like then. So please leave the luggage in the car until the photographer is finished with you. Uh, ways to keep calm on the run-up and on the morning of the wedding day. Oh yeah, so ways to keep calm. Like it's very difficult to keep calm. <laughs> Um, like I see this every single wedding morning where, you know, the bride is fine and then she'll get this wave of, oh, oh God. And, and it's just kind of almost like she can't even breathe properly because she's just, you know, full of anticipation and it's difficult enough to keep calm. So there's a few little tips that I have for you here. Um, it's very difficult also to sleep the night before the wedding. So you'll go to bed, you'll fall asleep, but you'll wake up because you're you know, because you're so excited. I mean, like the other night I went to bed and I had to get up really early the next day and I was terrified that I'd missed the alarm. And I kept waking up thinking, oh my God, did I miss the alarm? So when you have something big coming up the next day, it's very difficult to sleep. So here are a few of my tips. Um, have an early night, go to bed as early as you can. Uh, and I would notice that an awful lot of brides sleep in a room with all the bridesmaids like while that's great fun I don't think it's the best idea because you've more people who <laughs> might keep you awake during the night you certainly don't want someone snoring because that's not good that'll keep you awake but I would say try and have an early night on your own in a room um, if you can so that you can get the best sleep possible all right um, another um, tip I have is have all of your wedding kind of accessories laid out, you know, you'd not even laid out properly for the photographer to photograph them in that position. Because I mean, nine times out of 10, I'll go in and see all the stuff there and I'll move it because I want to kind of lay it out where the, the light is and where I feel it'll look better. So, but what I mean is have all of your bits and pieces just out so that you know that you're, it's all about being organized. If you're organized, that will calm you. If your mind is free, that will calm you. Um, if you have so much going on in your head, you're going to feel stressed. So try and make sure that you're as organized as you can be. And that is one way of staying calm. Um, don't forget to eat. And here we go again. <laughs> eat your breakfast. Don't be like Jenny McCarthy. Um, eat something that's going to keep you full uh, on the morning of a wedding. And I would again also say protein, you know, something that's going to, um, I mean, like, if if you're one for eggs, like eggs are really good, but if they're going to bloat you or make you feel dodgy in the tummy, don't eat them. Um, like Greek yogurt, granola, that kind of stuff fills you up. Porridge kind of is a slow releasing food as well, but something that's going to keep you full because it's going to be a while again before you eat. And I have very often had brides who actually feel weak after the church because they haven't eaten properly in the morning. Their adrenaline is after taking over their body. They are like in full excitement mode, you know, and they're after getting married, they walk down the aisle and then it's like, vroom, it's just, it hits you and they're starving and they're feeling weak. So 
if you don't eat on the morning, it's going to be like later on in the afternoon when you do get to eat. So eat on the morning. And another little tip I have about eating is make a sandwich or make something for the car. Mums are great at doing this. Your mom will be brilliant at doing this. And it'll be like a little packed lunch. Um, don't have cheese and onion crisps because as my husband would say, that's like a contraceptive. <laughs> something that's not going to stink out your breath. But just maybe have something for the car. If there's a journey between the church and the venue, I definitely would recommend having a bite to eat in the car because it's going to be a good while before you eat again. And they will be doing canapes back at the hotel. And you may not even get any of them because you might be out having photographs taken. And if you do get them, it will be when you go back in after having your photographs taken. So it could be four o'clock by the time you eat. So eating is 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 a must. Um, plan out a timeline for the morning of the wedding. This is essential. I say this all of the time. You have to make sure that you've planned out the morning of the wedding um, and that everything is going to run to, to schedule. Like, And I would also say then put somebody in charge of that time plan for the morning of the wedding and don't, don't you do it yourself because there would be nothing worse than sort of being the bride on the morning of the wedding or the groom and you're trying to keep track of everyone and making sure that that's working. You don't want to be doing that. You want to make sure that the morning is going by really nicely and that everything has been done according to the time schedule that you have planned. Um, you know, I've written a wedding book <laughs> and it is coming out in the next few weeks. Actually, we're launching it on the 27th of June. All of these timings are in my wedding book. So um, if you want to know more, do buy it and you will um, you will be very calm when you read that. Um, I would always say have a calming scent burning as well on the morning of the wedding. That's lovely. Anything that kind of makes you feel... Oh, that's lovely. Lavender is really nice, actually. That's that's kind of known for calming people down. Um, so have some sort of a scent burning. You could also buy my wedding candle, too. Um, but lavender is also nice. Um, have some music playing that you'll really like and that puts you into good form. Um, I mean, you could have some boppy music if you want, but you could also have some music that's just really nice and that just totally calms you down. Um, I find sometimes when I go into a house on the morning of a wedding and... There's no music playing. It's a bit awkward, like it's a bit like, where's the music? Where's the atmosphere? You know, where's something? Um, so definitely, I mean, I'm sure you have music that calms you down and that makes you feel good about yourself. So do a little playlist um, and have, again, give, give it to a bridesmaid. Have one person on the morning who's going to take control and who's going to look after everything from the time schedule to your scent burning, um, to everything that you need organised. And and that person has to be someone that you absolutely trust and that you will know uh, will do an, an amazing job. Sit down and talk to them beforehand and just say, these are the things I want to happen um, and let them, you know, go with it. Jenny, I want to get beauty treatments done in the run up to the big day. When do I do this? Well, you know, I had the lovely Brahman on from Clarence with me. I had Lisa Shannon on with me. She's a fabulous makeup artist. And they all say the same thing. Don't do anything the week of the wedding. Don't go doing facials just in case you get a breakout. It's too close to the wedding day. So I would definitely say if you're starting your skincare regime, and again, you know, like I've heard this from so many people, don't do that in, in the month coming up to the wedding. Yeah, you can do some beauty treatments in the month coming up to the wedding. But start your, if you haven't already got a good skincare regime going, start that as soon as possible. Like washing your face 
two or three times a day. By the way, when you're washing your face, you're meant to wash it twice. Um, especially when you're taking makeup off. That's one thing I learned. And since I start doing that, I've actually noticed a huge difference in my skin. Um, but look after your skincare as soon as you get engaged, you know, and then keep it going after the wedding as well. But don't do anything in the run up to the wedding, in the week running up to the wedding, because that's not a good idea. If you break out with something and you get a spot and you don't want it on the day, that's going to stress you out. Um, Jenny, what about buying umbrellas? Weather's gorgeous at the moment. Do I need them in case it rains? Look, I always say have umbrellas. Always. We live in Ireland, you know. <laughs> it could be, you know, sunshine at 12 o'clock and it could be lashing at half 12. You just don't know what the weather is going to do. Absolutely get umbrellas. And if you don't use them on the wedding day, you will use them again. Um I always have wedding umbrellas in the back of my car. I actually do my own umbrellas. Um, I buy Jenny McCarthy umbrellas, but I would always have them in the boot of my car just in case. Um, Jenny, I absolutely loved your wedding candle on our day. Ah, thank you. What a genius idea. It was so lovely in every way. How did you come up with this idea? Um, I'll tell you how I came up with that idea. I, I have been photographing for a very long time, almost two decades at this stage, you know, and there was a wedding candle on the market. I won't say which one. And I never loved it. And it was always part of the detail shots on the morning of a wedding. And it was a glass jar and it just had the label on it saying what it was. And I, I just didn't like the scent either. And I'm obsessed with candles. <laughs> Martin would always say to me when he comes into my studio, he doesn't know whether to bless himself or genuflect because <laughs> there's so many lit. Um, and I thought, she's the only wedding candle and it was the only wedding candle and I thought I said to Martin do you think I should bring out my own and he was like absolutely why not and I did and it took me ages and ages and ages to get the scent I liked the the jar I liked I wanted to look amazing and thank you for that lovely compliment because I, I spent a long time designing that candle I wanted a weighted silver lid that went down on the top of it so that it could be engraved with the couple's name and their wedding date and I wanted the packaging to be lovely and I wanted somebody to feel like they were getting a beautiful gift when they opened this so yeah it probably took me about four years altogether to from from thinking will I do a candle to bringing it out and it's the best thing I ever did. It's actually probably the best selling item I have. Um, they fly out the door. So thank you. That's how I came up with it. Um, Jenny, what are the best shoes? <laughs> Which ones do you recommend? Listen, like how long is a piece of string? Shoes are, yeah, your wedding shoes are, first of all, a very personal choice. Um, please don't go out and buy a pair of shoes that just look fabulous and you just wouldn't need to have them, but you can't bloody walk in them. That's why would you do that? You need to be comfortable on your wedding day because if you're not comfortable, you're not going to look comfortable in your photos. So your wedding shoes need to, yeah, need, they need to look nice and pretty, but they also need to feel like you're walking on feathers. That's my opinion. Um, and if you do want to go out and buy a pair of Jimmy shoes because you want them to look fabulous in the photo, fine. But don't wear them all day because they're going to kill you. And they're going to cut the heels off you if you're not used to wearing heels. Um, for like 12, you're going to be in these shoes for a long time. If you put those shoes on you at 11 o'clock in the morning, those shoes are going to be on you until you're dancing at 10 o'clock that night. So that's a long time to be wearing the same pair of shoes that you've never worn before. So my tip is get a pair of shoes that are pretty, that are comfortable. And if you'd want to go down the whole Jimmy Choo and Christian Louboutin um, or whatever other designer shoes you want, fine. But bring a pair of shoes. You, I've, I've, I talk about this in my sleep. Bring a second pair of shoes that are the same height 
as those shoes for traipsing around when you're having your photographs taken because you absolutely need to be comfortable. Um, Jenny, it drives me mad when I see the la- <laughs> drives me mad as well when I see the labels on the soles of the men's shoes. Yeah, this happens a lot. So you know when the groom is at the top of the altar and he's kneeling down and you see the label on the on the sole of a shoe. Like seriously, honest to God, take them off. <laughs> they look horrendous. Horrendous. Um, actually, Martin and I were looking at Love Island the other evening and I'm going, oh my God, look at her shoes, the labels on the shoes. And Martin was like, what? The labels on her shoes? And I said, no, you have to rewind that. That that's that's oh, that drives me nuts. And um, you had one of um the girls, you know, lying out in the sunbed, and she had her high heels on with her bikini, which I never get. But anyway you're lying on a sunbed and there was um, labels on the ends of her shoes she never took the price off so lads would you take the labels off your shoes please Um, that's funny Uh, what do the boys need to be doing on the morning of the wedding listen there's not a whole lot that they can do Um, you know dropping stuff off and picking stuff up and all that business that's all I ever see happening or they might go off for you know um, to do like a, a short game of golf or especially if they're staying in the hotel the night before um, or you, they'll do something on the morning to keep them occupied but there's not a lot that they can do um, except <laughs> be nervous like I always say this the, the the nerves really hit the lads on the morning of a wedding because most of the time the women do all the organising of the wedding because that's what they want to do and they want to make sure that it is the way they wanted it and the lads kind of the morning of the wedding then it kind of hits them it hit Martin my hubby and uh, he said he was in, in bits on the morning of the wedding um, so they don't have to do an awful lot unless they have to go and pick up stuff and drop bits off to the girls um, and put you know ribbons on the cars that's another thing by the way you know when you're putting the ribbons the wedding ribbons on the cars practice that beforehand Every single solitary time I see ribbons going on cars, most people have no clue how to put them on properly. So practice that beforehand, because if you don't, it can take a long time and time sometimes that you don't have on the on the morning. What time should the groom arrive to the church? OK, here's a great question. The groom really should arrive to the church or to wherever the ceremony is taking place 30 minutes before it's meant to start because the the celebrant, the priest, whoever it is doing your wedding is going to want to see you. He's, he or she is going to want to take the wedding rings off. They're going to want the paperwork that you are given, um, uh, you know, in, in the green folder. That's essential. If you don't have that, you can't get married. Well, you won't be legally married. They want to take all those bits off you. So they'll want to see you for a few minutes. And before you know it, the guests start arriving about 20 minutes before the ceremony. Some of them come in at the last minute. A lot of them do arrive on time. So 30 minutes before the ceremony is the minimum amount of time. Do not arrive any time after that because you're going to feel stressed. Um, Jenny, our priest has been really awkward. Oh, I hate hearing this. He doesn't want to see the photographer or the videographer on the day. Does he not now? Mm. Okay, so look... I come across a lot of gorgeous priests, really nice priests, and they get that everybody has to do a job on the day. And they would just sort of say, well, look, this is the way I'm going to do things. And this is how I'm going to, you know, have the couple. This is how I'm going to have the couple standing on the top of the altar. Uh, And if you don't mind, don't photograph during this. And that's lovely because you're working with them. Some priests are really awkward and awfully controlling and can be quite abusive. So that's really unfortunate to hear that. Um, like, 
I don't really know what to say. They, they, those kind of priests, I don't think, should be doing their job, doing that particular job because they think they own, some of them think they own the church. No, they don't own the church. We own the church, you know. Like, all I can say is you just, if, if you're going to continue with that priest, you're just going to have to put up with them because that's his way and you're not going to change him. It is really unfortunate. Um, there's no point in getting into an argument with them because you're not going to win. Um, just try and work with them and try and kind of appeal to his nicer side if he has a nicer side. I'm so sorry. I don't actually have an answer for that because those priests really annoy me too. Um, and I wish you the very best of luck with them. Jenny, should I buy a second dress? Oh God, a second wedding dress? That is expensive. Um, do you really want to buy a second wedding dress? Like I would see a lot of brides who would maybe have something different on their wedding dress. So they might have like a belt that goes around, you know, and has the, the train attached to it. And they might take that off later on to make the dress look different. Or they might get sleeves. If they don't have sleeves, they might get sleeves made, um, which are really cute. Uh, or they might get something else made to put on the dress and they'll take that off then for the dancing that night. I genuinely don't think you need a second dress unless it's something that you really want to do or you really want to look much different later on and you want to have a shorter dress. It's completely up to you and it's absolutely down to your budget. Um, think about your photographs later on when you see them. Do you want to see yourself in a second dress? Is it is another look that you want? Like I have definitely photographed girls with two dresses. I have photographed a bride with three dresses, Suzanne Jackson, <laughs> three dresses. Um, so it's totally up to yourself. So think about your budget and think about your photographs afterwards. Is that a look that you want to go for? My suggestion is if the budget isn't there, do something different with your hair. If you're if you've had your hair sort of all curled and put up, take it down later on. You know, if you've had a veil in your hair during the day, take that out and put a, a nice clip in your hair. Um, and change up your look, darken up your lipstick. Um, you don't need a second dress if it's not in your budget. Jenny, do we buy suits for both dads too? Yes. If you're buying suits for the groomsmen and you're buying suits for the best man, yes. I, I definitely think it's lovely to see the dads all decked out in the same suits as the groomsmen. Um and the groom always needs to look a little bit different. And whether that's, you know, the same suit and a different waistcoat or a different tie or a different bow tie, the groom look, needs to look different. But I think it's really nice to see the dads uh, dressed in the same suit. Um, if it's in the budget, definitely. Um, and just on the suits, and I talked about this before, and I'm just going to mention it again. Will you please make sure the suits fit properly? Um, and when you go into, lads are devils for this. Go When you're going in to try on the waistcoats, lads, if your waistcoat is too short in the body and you can see the shirt in any way sticking out at the end of the waistcoat, that waistcoat is too small for you. It needs to be longer. Um, there's nothing worse. I had it the other day. I was like, oh God, here are the shirts again. Lads, can you just tuck your shirts down? Can you just keep checking your shirts down? And I'd say I must have said that about 20 times on the day because the sh when they move, the shirt is kind of sticking out and it just takes the whole look off the suit. So please, please make sure those waistcoats are long enough to cover. They need to just go over the top button on your trousers and you, you should not see your shirt sticking out. Um, yeah. 
and that's kind of that's all our questions answered for this week and please please send me in any questions that you have because when you send me in your wedding questions I've like a little folder on my phone and I save them all in there and I love to answer every single one of them so thank you for joining me this week I hope you got some information out of that and I hope I've helped Um, yeah and I look forward to seeing you back here again next week I hope you enjoyed Wedding Tip Wednesday this week and got lots of helpful tips. It's now competition time, everyone. How about winning a double serum and a double serum eye from Clarence? Simply comment on the post on my Instagram page, which is Jenny McCarthy 8 and tag someone you know who is getting married. I'll announce the winner on Instagram next Wednesday. <laughs>